Welcome to Jazz Biz 101, where we explore and share our journey as minority entrepreneurs with an emphasis on music business. Hi, everyone. My name is Peter Lin. And my name is Abel Mireles. And we are the founders of Yardbird Entertainment and will be the hosts for this weekly podcast called Jazz Biz 101. Uh, we'll be releasing these on Mondays as a way to connect with our current audience, um, but also as a way to kind of spark conversations around music business for the future. Um, one thing we want to do is we want to bring on special guests, uh, not really as an interview, but rather as a way to talk shop about understanding the ins and outs of making a living being a musician. That's right. So, um, I uh, hope you guys find value on this uh, series of uh, podcasts that we're going to be doing. Um, and one of the things that we want to start off for with is uh, why we started back up in audio form. As you all know, we were doing our biz, uh, Jazz Biz 101 uh, um, interviews um, on, our, on our social media and, and uh, different platforms. But now we... Uh, we're going this route now. Um, everybody is uh, doing po podcasts. I think it's uh, an interesting way to communicate information and share information with the community out there. You can listen to a podcast, driving a car, or washing the dishes, or you know, or try to fall asleep at three a.m. in the morning. That too. So uh, I hope you guys uh, check out this podcast because we're very excited to present uh, valuable information that. Uh, it relates to music and to the music business and much more. You know, the other reason we want to do the video, uh, audio podcast versus the video podcast is because just video editing is just too much work. So we're going audio form. Yeah, um, enough hours of uh, screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll still be on the screen, but either way, know, at least you <laughs> won't be looking at yourself on the screen. So we just want to get an update. Those listening to this podcast, um, as some of you may know, we used to do live music booking for a number of clients. Um, this was, you know, something we started about two years ago. And since March, um, since the COVID-19 has hit and we were kind of put into quarantine mode, uh, both Abel and I have uh, lost a significant portion, if not all of our uh, gigs, you know, from this situation. And so we decided to do the second best thing we were good at. And that includes editing uh, videos and editing audio. So uh, that's something that we've just been trying to get really good at. Uh, we've been trying to improve our skills as well as uh, do some advertising um, to the people that we know to get these services going. So now it's mostly audio, video, and live stream services. That's right. So now um, we're working with uh, different community organizations that they uh, provide services to uh, different areas of the New York City, uh, you know, part of the world and New Jersey and whatnot. Uh, we're currently working with uh, Jazz House Kids, doing a, uh, a lot of the virtual content for virtual concerts of the students and, and things like that. We're also creating a um, content for Midorian Friends is nonprofit based in the New York City that provides uh, uh, music education for um, <clears throat> for different schools in the 
in the New York City uh, school district. So, uh, and uh, you know, those are some of the, you know, uh, we're also with the National Jazz Museum in Harlem, um, actually producing or more than anything creating their, their some of their pre-recorded stuff as well as uh, live streaming some of their concerts, some of their virtual concerts. So we we're very happy that uh, we 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 have work first of all, and that also we're helping other people uh, continue doing their their mission. You know, like the. The National Jazz Museum, they continue creating the uh, employing musicians and for performances and things like that and things like that. So us coming in and helping make that possible really, uh, really uh, makes us happy. Yeah. And I think uh, some of the listeners might be interested in knowing that some of the musicians that we actually had the opportunity to help in the past few months, uh, for me, it included uh, Steve Teray. Jerome Jennings, uh, Freddie Hendricks, um, Carl Allen, and I'm hoping that actually we can get some of those, um, you know, musicians on the show. That would be really nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's been kind of a, a pleasure to just work with like these really outstanding musicians um, and just try to get their technology going. You know, um, any kind of music recording or um, you know, video editing projects and whatnot. What about you, Abel? You've been working with. Well, um, it's uh, it's been a pleasure, you know, when we we've done some of those things for the National Jazz Museum that we actually got to work with Christian McBride, you know, editing some of their stuff and um, really just uh, put piecing some of these videos for them and you know things that if you think about it, and uh, I know uh, Peter and I have have talked about this several times that. Uh, we don't know we would be actually in a situation to actually work with this amazing musicians if it wasn't for uh for maybe audio and video. I mean, we probably, you know, hope I hope that you know as musicians <laughs> give it another thirty we years, would, right? <laughs> maybe in another thirty years, but uh, but it was almost like we've talked about it, P and I. It's almost like a like a way that we just kind of jump on 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 like maybe. 20 years of <laughs> of our careers to actually just be able to collaborate uh uh with these people we actually uh uh we recorded something for um Bootsy Collins uh, uh, uh label uh but uh it was uh Christian McBride and so we we did some you know we also did some of that stuff like of really just going on site and shooting video and audio of of things so um yeah, and also personally, I've uh, you know, with uh, with other things, uh, with like the jazz exchange that I'm doing, I've I've had a chance to actually interview several people, and that's that's been really really interesting. You know, just get um get insight from this amazing uh, musicians that have been doing this music for a while, and then some other ones that are really just breaking into the scene. You know, like a um some young musicians from New York City, but like recently, a couple weeks ago. I had uh, Jeremy Pelt. I talked to him, and he was talking deeply into the music business. So I never really thought if it wasn't for the work that we're doing with Yardbird Entertainment and uh, and learning more about this music, uh, I mean, about this technology, that we would be doing this kind of things, you know, like uh, uh, live streamings and different things, you know. That's, that's actually one of the topics that main topics we'd like to talk to you guys about today yeah definitely uh pivoting your you know what the skills that you have you know <clears throat> besides playing music uh sometimes can be helpful especially these kind of situations where 
you might need, um, you know, some additional income and some ways to think about how you can uh, still be in the music world without necessarily having to perform 100% of the time, right? Um, something yeah. we've been doing for, for a while, no doubt. And I think that's something everyone's been kind of doing as well. Uh, so, you know, and then the other thing that we've been up to is uh, we've been learning more about business structures, um, meaning, you know, building the foundation of a business plan. Um, also trying to figure out what it's like to hire contractors, um, mm. trying to see how to expand our business. And uh, a lot of these things we've been, uh, you know, reading about uh, from various uh, literature. But for the most part, uh, we've been learning it from a lot of the other uh, business owners that we've been meeting along the way. And they're not necessarily just music all the time. That's right. Yeah. Like just the... Uh... You know, having the collaborations with all these different people that we've had the chance to to have in the past uh, months has uh, really just uh, been like a good experience to like just uh, shed some light on things that we were just like, oh, like what? Like you can do this. And, you know, just starting from like the, um, you know, from the beginning when we uh, when we said we we're going to open a LLC, you know, and. Um, and and going through that process and then just like every day just going like oh wait um can we could do this we can open a business account oh we can do we could do this and that like now we can hire somebody as a contractor or thinking even thinking about things in the near future you know dreams that hopefully come true um of like you know having an office or having a um a studio where we can actually record these things or even making, you know, doing collaborations with other venues to actually go to their places and, and filming there and promoting their places and, you know, really just creating community with what we do. Uh, it's been such an interesting uh, journey and uh, such a learning experience for sure. I, I know personally speaking, uh, the ways I've been trying to, um, think about this journey is that, you know, we're not alone in the exploration of what it's like to be business owners and be an entrepreneur. And uh, one of the groups that I've been getting involved with, actually my high school friend, uh, that uh, he, he's the one that introduced me to this group, but it's called Ace Next Gen. And it focuses uh, primarily on Asian American entrepreneurs and, um, you know, trying to cultivate the next generation of Asian American entrepreneurs uh, through programming that they have uh, pretty much on a biweekly basis. They have a bunch of us come into a Zoom kind of meeting, um, but really it's like they bring a special guest, um, you know, of people that's been successful with their own business, and then they kind of pass down some knowledge and uh, they do a little question and answer as well as networking. So, um, been able to meet a lot of different people in different sectors of life and uh, anywhere between real estate, uh, voice acting, um, you know, fashion business. Yeah, it's just whatever is out there. Um, and they all have been really helpful in just trying to uh, lift each other up during this time and finding it extremely helpful. Yeah, man. I, um, as you were mentioning this, I remember I was remembering about the time that we that we went to the small business uh, conference in New York <laughs> City, uh, and that that was an interesting thing for sure. To 
uh, before this pandemic uh, to actually, you know, remember those old days where we could actually just all go to a place full of people, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, re- and, and, and you know, learn about the business. I remember checking out a couple of the conferences that people from Facebook were, uh, you know, they were given about how to get more followers and all those different things that nowadays we have to just uh, all, you know, kind of soak in really and just explore, you know, even if you don't want to, to a certain extent. And, um, but uh, yeah, that, I remember that that was a very interesting experience, mm-hmm. man. Like just uh, getting to like really physically network. Now we network with like uh, Zoom meetings and, you know, phone <laughs> calls, which is still good. I think yeah. now this is an interesting thing, you know, like, this this that's this is what everybody's talking about i think nowadays that that we have created this ways of communicating and expand our networks through this pandemic that it seems like this is going to be also part of what is expected to happen uh even when the pandemic's over um not just that but like also like the different opportunities that your business has actually uh explored uh with throughout this uh, situation to continue doing that, to continue learning that way, to continue connecting with new clients, to continue uh, learning through these mediums. So, um, anyways, I'm rambling a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, as as our listeners could probably tell, we're uh, going off on tangents in, in a good way, in an organic way, because uh, we actually want to ask you, you know, what is it? that you're interested in learning yourself. Um, you know, I, I think it's a very hard time to necessarily just focus on a couple of topics we think are important. I think it's something that uh, we're going to need some feedback. So if you're interested in, uh, you know, just letting us know what you're interested in learning about, uh, you can always send an email to us, uh, yardbirdentertainment at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, for now, we're just going to be spitballing ideas back and forth um until we find something but uh <laughs> um but you, you bring up some good points definitely about um just in terms of how people are treating uh networking online nowadays because uh with the internet we actually have the opportunity to reach beyond our own community immediate community that's around us um it's easy to get kind of like caught up in the New York City scene um, when you're living here because day by day you're you know you're going in the city you're playing you know you're connecting with local musicians and hanging out and whatnot Um, now that everyone's at home it's like you can think of the expansion of like what you would consider you know quote unquote your scene and um, I've definitely been seeing my fair share of that you know definitely uh, a lot of meetings where there's a three hour difference and sometimes you're speaking with people, you know, halfway across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, you know, like these introverts that originally would never go out and ever network are now feeling more comfortable doing it through Zoom. And um, mm. yeah, actually been seeing a lot of that. So, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's just a different um, medium to be able to connect with people. Um, you know, we could look at it in a very negative way sometimes, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's just another choice, which is nice to have. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, and you know? it's, a, it's, a, it's a choice that some of us have been really forced to actually take, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and it i i think it's uh it, yeah it's it, it, obviously we're all passing you know going through this very interesting part of history of the world if you want to talk if you want to say that um but uh yeah like you said you know staying kind of staying positive and adapting those positive things that either um are going to help you and your business you know since we really you know this podcast is really going to be focused on the business side of things specifically of jazz you know the name jazz biz 101 uh in our previous work with interviews of musicians um have been covering that topic i think uh, um you know it's important to mention how how first of all like our, our personal that's i think that's what we wanted to do with this this uh, podcast episode was to really just share our transition and and the different things that we have been adapting to our our way of doing business you know like uh, uh like now for example um if we wanted to jump a little bit on the topic of uh live streaming right so like uh nowadays that uh we um uh, we see that everybody's trying to do live streams and uh and uh it might be a little bit overwhelming and for um a lot of musicians because of the technology that it requires and the knowledge but then also it could be you know i've i've uh actually met people that they're completely against it you know like uh they just uh they're not willing to to pay for something like that um and uh i remember talking to a couple people and just saying uh, i'm not gonna pay for a live stream because i want live music to prevail and that's cool that's a great thought but where is live live music right now you know what i mean what do you think of that man it's it's super complicated for the reason that um you know when we talk about live streaming it's like we know that this technology has existed for a long time and that people have been implementing it in different ways um i think just being the nature of the fact that like we're kind of forced to do it um definitely will cause mm -hmm. issues no matter what you know because now you're asking people to change the way that they're familiar with experiencing uh, music. And to be fair, there is a huge difference for sure between live streaming oh, yeah. and live music, you know? And, um, you know, one of the things that actually, uh, I talked to this uh, civilian, so people are listening. Civilians are people that don't listen to jazz, apparently. <laughs> Wait, civilians? Oh, okay. Civil yeah, it's, it's totally a term, by the way, oh, jazz wow. musicians, uh, civilians. Yeah, I was talking to a, a, a normal person, um, and uh, they were like, you know, what's, what's the big deal? Like, what's the big difference between being in a live, yeah, you know, live right. music and me, you know, uh, listening to something on my phone through Spotify? You know, I was like, I was like, man, um, you know, at the end of the day, it actually the the main difference is actually comes down to physics because of vibration. Mm. Um, your whole like their body's resonating and creating like, you know, sound waves, which is basically like vibration. Right. And then that's being sent to you and you're receiving it. And in real life, those vibrations are real. They're not um translated into zeros and ones in the computer mm -hmm. or through a audio yeah. system and so you know there is a huge difference when it comes down to just the the nature 
of live music. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's that's a little off topic. But at the same time, it's like, uh, how do you make it so that live music is as close uh, when you're live streaming? Like, you know, try to bridge that gap so that it's not extremely uh, different experience, you know? Right. And, and yeah, yeah. something we've been trying to like figure out that's ourselves. Right. And I think uh, it's a, it would be important to mention the, you know, the nowadays uh, uh, for all, even, even, even for, for me, for jazz musicians, you know, or jazz lovers, it's important to make it clear guys that uh, uh, there is a difference between, uh, you know, a live stream, like the whole band being there and uh and watching a pre-recorded video of people recording from home right that's a that's one of the things that i think we've seen uh from some people and it's totally normal you know because this this really just caught us all by surprise you know so we've seen some things that they look like everybody's playing together so it's important to just you know really just uh check out what is it that you're doing it oh that you're watching say okay that's a live stream so that's you know going off that of what peter was saying of like ways that we have actually been trying to uh figure out how to basically really just bring that element of of like it sounds good and it looks really good and obviously you know the musicians doing their work you know really just connecting and uh um and, and doing the thing um and, and and for that obviously you know uh, it's it's been it's taken uh it's taken uh some time really and uh and actually some equipment for us to like and knowledge to just learn okay what 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 is it that we need we need a stable connection with an ethernet uh connection we need cameras do you need all these different things um and, uh, you know, we'll explain the way that we're doing it. Obviously, it's, there's also ways to do it your own. You know what I mean? That's one of the things that we'll like to also, uh, you know, provide ways of the, how can I do it if I don't have all this equipment? You know, like, like starting mm -hmm. off with like some of the things that we do, right? So now um, we're very happy that we're able to, uh, to broadcast up to four cameras uh, with our video, with the video switcher, basically a, small board that helps us switch from a camera to camera we also have some audio equipment that we can record uh this uh, uh we can uh, we can really just shape the sound of this so that it can sound really good when people are listening to this uh live stream and then like i said like i said before an ethernet uh long enough uh ethernet cable to connect directly to the router and having a good connection Things that, you know, this is the things that we do that that we're doing so far right now to really make sure that these live streams happened uh, in the right way. Right, Peter? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's, uh, depending on what your needs are, whether you really want it to be high definition or something that you're just trying to get started on your own, um, it's really going to come down to uh, whether you want to work with what you have now in your own home or do you want to make some purchases because you see that it's a form of like an investment towards uh creating content for yourself for the future if you need to do so um and you know we we have a couple of topics we definitely want to jump upon mm -hmm. uh you know it's it's kind of hard to talk about live streaming as a whole without <laughs> getting Breaking into like down, yeah every single little aspect so um 
first let's try to uh, just talk about like, you know, making uh, a paywall or um, free, right? Because currently what we've been seeing a lot is mostly what comes up in our social media feeds, mm -hmm. obviously. And, uh, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, a lot of it is definitely uh, free live streaming with donations, uh, asking for donations. And, um, you know, that has its own benefits, um, but also its own loss, uh, depending on, you know, how, how you're looking at it. Um, but for the, you know, for the ones that are doing it for free, uh, we noticed that uh, depending on what level of technology you have and understanding of your computer, um, some people have just been doing it straight from the platforms themselves. So, for example, on Facebook, um, when you press the live button, it uh, gives you a choice to choose your own video and audio source. And a lot of people just choose their default, you know, which ends up being either their laptop or their phone, right? Um, and, you know, that's obviously probably the cheapest way mm -hmm. <laughs> in order to get your live stream across. Um, is it the best way? Uh, probably not. Um, you know, you could probably get the most out of it by positioning yourself in the right part of the room and getting the right kind of lighting. But at the end of the day, it's not something that you might be comfortable releasing out there necessarily all the time. So, um, you know, if, if that's the case, you know, if, if your budget is like really, you know, you, you can't really spend anything, then, um, you know, we definitely suggest uh, at that point, just trying to find um, ways to make it as best as it can be. And the most important parts of doing it that way is definitely uh, fixing your lighting so that uh, you're not doing it in a dark space where no one can see you. You're not too far from the camera where like, it's hard to distinguish what's going on. Um, we definitely suggest being in a room that doesn't have other excess noise in it. Mm -hmm. You know, just just some things to improve slightly. You know, at that point. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I like what you you know what you're touching up on that, especially um, because there's so many things that the so many different ways that you can actually improve something like that with a low budget. You know, it's like you probably everybody's probably heard like you know the 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 um you know the artist that recorded their album in their garage you know <laughs> like and it's killing and it got a grammy or whatever yeah because because the it's it's really not on on the stuff that you have even though obviously when there's a point where you're like okay no i can't do it with this you know with this five dollar audio recording <laughs> you know what i mean but my point is that there is Things that are not out of our reach if we make an effort, um, and um, but you know, touching on the on the topic that you're saying, either like for the people that you know the, the new term of paywall, it's new to them. You know, it's really just this way of setting up a, a way for people to pay for a, for for your live stream, basically. So in other words, instead of you going through Facebook or YouTube and just putting it out there for free. You put it either on your website or another website that allows you to create this and people will just come and pay so that they can have access to some more of a private, it's like a, I guess like the feel of a concert, right? Um, so we were talking about that versus I'm just going to put it on YouTube and that's it, right? So um, 
uh, I think well, some of the, the questions that come up are, are can you uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna put it out there in, in phase in YouTube, uh, can you actually monetize the content? Meaning, can you actually make money off of this? Uh, I rem- and, and it brings me out to that point. Remember when we <laughs> talked about like, well, uh, probably like mid through this pandemic with a bunch of musicians were like trying to be like oh yeah follow me on youtube <laughs> and i'll follow you and we're gonna get a thousand followers and then we're gonna make money do you remember that peter oh god that was a <laughs> huge phase um yeah that was a really crazy time and i'm glad that the people that spoke out during that time are the ones that's been doing it for a very long time um people mm-hmm. like patrick bartley you know he He's been doing his J music ensemble thing for a long time and monetizing off of the content. And he's like, man, like, <laughs> you know, the way we're looking at it is is not the way that it happens. And actually, um, YouTube, um, well, technically it's Google algorithms, right? Because they own YouTube, um, you know, was picking up on the fact that people were actually subscribing to each other um like uh without actually watching any of the content and they actually automatically slashed those subscribers so i remember a couple of posts of people being like i lost 100 subscribers today i'm like well you know it's only a matter of time before they figure out what you're doing because it's very public and like you know i I don't know what else we were expecting but again desperation is kind of a it's it, it rears its ugly head sometimes when it comes down to like you know what are we going to do too. Right, right. During I that, that time frame was really hard. Yeah, that yeah. was a very desperate uh, uh, time uh, of uh, uncertainty for a lot of us. I mean, you know, we're still not out of it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, <laughs> I, we feel, I right. feel, I feel for all the musicians out there just still trying to just figure out. I mean, we're, we're on the same boat, and if uh, if you ever if you ever feel like that, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You know, and and reach out to your friends and just you know because there's we're all going through this crazy you're not the only one you know so uh i I remember that's that part of the of the journey of trying to get a thousand followers in youtube man uh, <laughs> and i do remember peter uh like peter mentioned that uh i did i did try it i'm not gonna lie i did get like <laughs> 10 more subscribers and then google took it away from me and that was the end of that story for me. Yeah, I, I actually tried really hard because I tried the other way around where I tried a different I tried different content. That's the time when I started Final Fantasy trombones That's and right. drums, That's right. <laughs> which was kind of like my experiment to see, is it true that you can make X amount of money with like, you know, this amount of effort and, you know, like, you know, the way people are painting it is like, okay, well, if you have, you know, a certain amount, if you reach this threshold, you're going to start making money Mm -hmm. to sustain yourself, right? And I was like, well, how many views do you really need to make that happen? And actually the answer is way more than you think. (laughs) Um, It's crazy. Uh, One of my friends is Charles Cornell who, uh, if you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, he's the guy that's known for playing piano with Cardi B. Like, not that's like right. with Cardi B, but Cardi B would like have this like thing that she said on her Instagram or something. And then um, Charles would play like this these crazy chords behind it, you know? Um, and he, he became known for that. But, uh, you know, I had a conversation with him on the phone about just, um, you know, 
what what it's like to get up to his level where he's kind of like near a million subscribers right yeah, now. Yeah, that's um, crazy, man. Yeah, but he he makes a he makes a living yep. based off of stuff. But you know, with me, it was just like uh, Final Fantasy Trombones got up to sixteen thousand followers, but the check that comes in every single month off of those videos from Facebook, mind you, is that's less than a dollar. That's right. Every single month, right? Yeah, it, but but man, so, like uh, when you talk to him, um, and I know we kind of really just digging into this section of it because, because man, we all want to know, uh, you know, how do I freaking make money? You know, just making this video is this gonna make me money or not? Would it, did he mention? I mean, I bet the guy was busy doing this stuff, right? He wasn't like, mm. I made this video and it hit a million views. Now I'm cool. Right. No, that was the breaking point for him when he did do uh, a video that was like a million views. That for him was like, okay, I uh, I know that I can push forward with this kind of similar content and be successful with it. Uh, but he worked his ass off in terms of. I mean, this is something he's always wanted to do is create mm -hmm. content and um, you know have it be available, uh, you know, to everyone. And um, yeah, he's he's been working at it for for years and. Um, but he, he produces now content like every week, pretty much. Yeah, um, and it's a lot of work. Yeah. He, you know, he says it's like, it's pretty much full time. Yeah. It's a job, yeah. right? It's a job. It's like yeah. a nine to five mm -hmm. and, and it's cool because it's the one that he picked. Right. Um, but like any other job, it's still a job. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so True that's, that. I think that kind of sheds light on, on the contrast between trying to create something that, that, uh, that's going to be uh, through a paywall versus, uh, you know, a, a platform like YouTube and create, you know, get a bunch of subscribers, which, you know, there's ways to monetize that way. But like, you know, it's just going to at the end of the road, it's just going to be a job. So, let's, you know, if you're trying to just be like, I'm trying to find the easiest way to make money. I don't know. I don't know what to say, you know, but this is it's just going to be a lot of work for sure. But uh, yeah. it, so if of Peter, what? What if people are trying to say, you know, um, I'm trying to sell this through a paywall? What, what, what would you say to these people? Um, okay, so we we just talked about. I know it was like two different things we just talked about, right? We talked about monetizing content, which is uh, most of the time is pre-recorded content. Mm -hmm. uh, although right. people do do it that way as well. Um, but now we're talking about uh, paywall. Um, well, actually, no, you know what? Paywall also includes uh, pre-recorded content and live streaming. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a couple of options there that we're going to go over. Um, one of them that the, the top one that comes to my mind actually right now is Patreon. Mm -hmm. But the reason that comes up to my mind is because of the idea of a subscription-based versus pay video by video uh, model. Uh, which is kind of a popular thing nowadays, uh, you know, with the rise of Netflix and um, mm -hmm. Spotify and all these kind of like, you know, charge my credit card every month. I don't care, you know, platforms. Right. So um, Patreon, for those that are listening uh, that might not, might not know, um, it's basically a, a website, a platform on which people can subscribe to an individual artist or band or whatnot. Um, usually it's, more artistic um where they can pay at different levels and depending on which levels you are at uh you get different kind of perks 
So for example, if you're subscribing to someone on Patreon and they're an artist, uh, or I should say musician specifically, if they're a musician, uh, they might be releasing weekly content or monthly content, right? And they say, okay, our Patreon subscriber at the lowest level, um, you know, we'll get a, a thank you on the video, like a shout out, you know? Um, and then at the second level, um, they get a signed copy of like my single or whatnot. And then at the top level, it's like, uh, you know, we get to hang out one-on-one, you know, uh, it's kind of like um, Kickstarter, uh, where basically it's instead of one time, it's like month by month, that's pretty right. much. Yeah. Um, so that's one example of like a paywall kind of system uh, that might be a little bit cheaper for people actually but uh abel you want to explain another one yeah yeah um yeah i mean another one is uh for example what we're doing actually um uh, you know having this uh, virtual concert series through our website through this paywall uh what basically means is that uh, uh you go through our website and you decide to buy the tickets for this and you have access to this um, part of our website that has this live stream uh, feed. So instead of uh, finding this live stream on Facebook or YouTube, uh, they're not. It's not going to be there. You're going to have to go through our website and pay. And obviously, you know, we're working deals with the musicians and the venues to try to make this work. You know, um, to get that money that people spend on the tickets to get to be distributed and then also getting some sponsorships you know not not only just by ticket sales unfortunately um is a is a hard situation sometimes to just base it off in one thing so you want to get different sources of of support basically so so that's what in in general terms the paywall system would look like on our end uh or, or a sip uh you know uh a different uh a platform like uh you know besides what uh peter was talking about patreon this would be through your own website in this case through our own website wix yeah and most most paywall systems um assuming that it's software based or web based uh would require a percentage of um you know basically to host your live stream um you know actually right now uh for the rest of 2020 I believe Facebook is doing a thing where they're actually saying that they have a paywall system set up for their live streams and mm. is actually free, you know, minus the tax, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. they say. Um, um, and yeah, you keep 100% of the revenue. Um, so if anyone here listening has tried the, you know, Facebook monetization way of doing the paywall system, or the live stream, uh, then definitely let us know because um, I am curious as to how well they do it. But at the same time, uh, you know, the reason we're trying to move away from social media is because of the fact that there's a lot of um, issues involving uh, copyright, but also the fact that it's oftentimes when you do end up monetizing off of any of those social media platforms, um, it's minimal. You know, mm -hmm. and it's usually the the money goes into the wrong hands a lot of times, you know, or at least what we think would be the wrong hands, right? More into the corporate and right, less into right. the people that make it happen, right? Um, but it's it's usually you know it's fair usually uh, what a lot of these platforms take uh, in terms of percentage from your overall sales. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, every every platform does it. Man, and as you were touching up on on that, as far as like uh, you know, using like platform like Facebook, uh, I was just remembering a um a conversation I just recently had with a friend of mine that's a DJ that uh, was doing some live streams and and uh and he's trying to actually set up this particular way of uh, uh of a um not precisely a paywall system but to monetize from this and uh one of the things that i i I thought the idea was great because he is very well known in the scene and he's got a lot of followers um you know i know it's not you know obviously it's outside of jazz right this this guy plays you know just general dj music but uh he started doing some of these things and then uh uh, he noticed right away that, or a lot of people, a lot of businesses noticed that he was getting a lot of, uh, a lot of views, you know, a lot of people really tuning in and liking his work. So they started actually offering him uh, their products just with the exchange of like him promoting this product. So now he has, you know, some clothing from uh, different stores. He goes and eats at different places and, and, but, but in terms of the live streams, he was already trying. He was already monetizing and saying, "Hey, uh, I can sell you an ad during my live stream. I can guarantee you it's going to be seen by this many people, uh, and uh, and and it's going to cost you this much." What I was advising to him, and I was, you know, I I do it because of I know a friend that lost his uh, his Facebook page just because he did something that Facebook didn't like. That's you know, I just want to shed some light on. The fact that your stuff on Facebook is not owned by you, you know, everything that's on there, you just got to be aware of that. You know, they can just close it, unfortunately, one day without you really just getting those followers back. <laughs> so uh, anyways, I know, it, you know, it wasn't exactly what related to to paywall system, but it's important to just make sure that if you're. If you're thinking about I'm gonna spend a lot of money just trying to get a bunch of followers and Facebook is great, do it, but then connect them through something that's your own, like a website, you know, like a uh, an email list that you're gonna get their contact information directly. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, kind of going yeah, away a little I bit. I know there's there's so many things we could talk about there for sure. Like you brought up brand partnerships, which is pretty popular in other um businesses as well um the only the only uh examples i think of in jazz world <laughs> is really um you know like saxophone companies like you know uh you know giving a free saxophone to the right <laughs> they don't do it so anymore can, though but they, right they'll give you a discount you know well, discount that's right yeah um but anyway a lot of a lot of things to talk about there and we'll dig deeper into uh those different aspects um another paywall system that if you're not interested in video we've been talking about video and live stream this entire time but if you think about music actually um you know Bandcamp has been doing a fantastic job of basically doing this thing like every so often on a friday where they don't take any percentage of the sales they give 100% of revenue to the musicians. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in just releasing music, um, albums, singles, whatnot, uh, Bandcamp is a great choice uh, because the, you know, the CEOs of that company actually understand what it is to be a musician. You know, people like Spotify and stuff, you know, forget it. 
but um, Bandcamp has been pretty wonderful doing that. Not only that, you can also include videos inside of your or other um, materials like PDFs, um, merchandise oh, wow. inside of your package. Yeah, cool. they actually have a merch uh, area. Wow. You can sell t-shirts and whatnot. So I don't know. It's, it's a really great uh, website, very easy to use. Uh, on our channel, we have how to get your music on Bandcamp, instructional video, <laughs> some self-promotion there. But there um, but yeah, I, I know some people have asked like, oh, was it like be on Bandcamp? And uh, I've never had an issue. I've released my music via CD Baby, mm-hmm. um, which gets me on all the platforms. But to be honest, the, the easiest way to get the money, like just from uh, sales, was actually just doing it via Bandcamp. And I've mm-hmm. never had... Um, yeah, they, they don't take a huge cut, you know, um, but especially on those Fridays where they're not taking right. anything. I mean, the fact know? that they're doing that, that's already like a super Amazing. great thing because it really says something to the jazz, to the music community, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but um, right. I was I just remember right now where I was going in terms of uh, uh, what I was mentioning as far as, you know, doing a live stream on a social uh, media platform. And I think it really comes down to any social or any platform uh where you're doing something like this which is the the topic of copyrights you know uh actually had as i was mentioning at the beginning of this podcast i've had the opportunity through the jazz exchange to do some um um interviews where more than just uh uh you know an oral interview we also present the music of this artist that we we interview in and that has caused a couple of issues and situations where Facebook blocks our audio. And um, I'm sure out there, if you're doing some live streams out there, you've probably seen this in, maybe on your live streams. Uh, and that's because of the copyrights. Uh, that's because of uh, if the music that you're using is not something that you own the master um, or you have a, 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 a license, then uh, basically what's going on is uh, they're trying to get you to pay for that. So, so uh, it's it's an interesting situation there because uh, you have people like BMI and ASCAP uh, offering you a license that is going to cover all the people that they work with. You know, so it's a little bit tricky once once you're playing a your repertoire is very vast and you're playing people about compo- you know music composed by a, a very ra- a wide range of people then. Uh, it might not cover, not, not might get covered with BMI. You have to maybe get. Uh, that's one of the things that I wonder. You know, uh, do you have to get ASCAP and then you have to get BMI? Do you have to get CSAC? And <laughs> yeah, know, it gets really it gets, confusing. We we definitely oh, got to bring on someone that uh, could shed some more light on that because it does get really, especially when it comes to internet laws versus like you know performing at a venue laws. I do know that uh, there's some complications when it comes to the internet. Like, you know, is it really BMI and ASCAP that's taking down your stuff on on Facebook? And actually, the answer is no. It's Facebook doing it because they don't want to be in trouble. Right. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So it gets a little confusing as to like, okay, even if you do own, even if you get this license, you know, is Facebook still being like, yeah, this is too much of a risk for us, so we're just going to cancel this you know so yeah that that i believe that happens too even if you get permission from like the highest level 
that doesn't necessarily mean that Facebook isn't going to make a decision on its own, you know, based off of their yeah, it gets to, complicated. To it gets I mean, complicated. Yeah, I mean, I had situations where you know I, we had this wonderful guitarist, uh, Camila Mesa. She's uh, from Chile, and uh, she wanted us to share this video of her, but this video was uh, owned by Sony. So, you know, just a little company out there, you know, and uh, and they uh, so they as soon as we showed it, the video on the live stream, our live stream just got kicked off, um, but literally cut off from a, we still we still we still live. We were live, but like it was blocked in over 200 countries. So, you know, the people are watching us. Boom. Everybody just got cut off. So. Interesting thing out there, you know, just to watch out for these things, especially like if you're really trying to to say, you know, I'm going to monetize off of this, uh, you know, because this is the way that I, I need I need to do it. This is the only way that I have. Well, just do some research, especially if you already spent some time trying to get a following. Make sure that you um, that's what certainly what we're, what we're trying to do, too, as well. Make sure that we have the the, you know, the licenses that we need and the stuff that is going to prevent us from uh, getting in trouble, basically. Don't cancel us. Yeah. (laughs) Don't please. uh, I own this voice that I'm using and this this microphone that I bought. So I own the publishing rights. So, but, um, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's definitely a a huge topic and we, we definitely want to, um, bring on an expert yeah uh at some point that would be really interesting and uh just let us know if that's something you guys are interested in as well yeah Um, because it's all about you guys it's not about us even though we would like to know about it too oh Uh, yeah definitely i mean uh yeah so yeah this is gonna be interesting man this podcast series is gonna be uh, a great way to exchange and pick people's brains i'm already like uh thinking of uh all those things like we just cover in some of these topics just through the surface. We could definitely just do one episode <laughs> per topic and just really oh, go yeah, in depth sure. uh, because mm-hmm. I know there's people out there really just trying to figure out this. But like you said, too, you know, I think the main thing is like, let us know what what is it that what are your needs? What do, what do you need to know? What do you need to do? And man, we would be more than happy to just cover that topic. We'll do our research we probably will, will do our homework and get the the right the right people mainly that would know these things to share share their yeah, answers for sure. with you um another uh you know we forgot to mention one of the most up-and-coming platforms if you can call it that for music um is twitch and uh for those that are listening that don't know about twitch um it's originally a platform that was designed more for gamers that were live streaming there uh, basically them playing video games and, um, you know, com- commenting on it. Um, it might be a foreign idea <laughs> to jazz musicians. Like people actually watch other people play video games. Yes, it's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> it's very, it's actually pretty popular. So Twitch was originally that kind of platform. Then, um, you know, as the years went on, it started to branch out into like other just entertainers being on Twitch, uh, mainly musicians. So there is actually a musician base that is on Twitch. One one of them 
uh, is uh, he's he's up and coming on that platform. Um, we had him on our show, uh, Dominic, um, and he's a drummer that I met in Rutgers. But he he's been, um, you know, been on Twitch pre pandemic, and he talks a lot about like how it works and uh, the pros and cons and how to start. So you know, definitely check out that episode. Oh yeah, uh, more self promotion uh, <laughs> when you get a chance. But you know, it's it's just so interesting to hear uh how different people you know try to monetize them basically playing music um and twitch is actually another subscription-based model mm. as well you basically subscribe to your favorite twitch twitcher twitch is that the <laughs> that sounds so bad but yeah your favorite twitcher um and you know uh then it's basically like you're subscribing to them you can uh, you can actually see their content technically for free unless they said it that way. But, um, you know, you basically support that, you know, person for that month. Um, so those are some different uh, platforms. So a lot of people have been coming to us asking uh, whether we're just going live from, you know, the hardware or software that we use or um, are we using some kind of program? Uh, the answer is that we... Uh, extensively use OBS and vMix, which are actually two different um, live streaming software. So OBS is the free one called Open Broadcaster uh, Software. And it's an open source program that allows you to uh, make a lot of adjustments to your stream and be able to stream to different platforms using something called a stream key. And it's it's a little bit it can be a little bit complicated um, at first, but you know after a couple of tutorials, if you're willing to sit through them, um, it's definitely a, a very valuable source. Um, you know, mostly because it's free, <laughs> um, but because you know now you can add titles, now you can add some different um, multiple camera setups, something that's not available on most. Uh, live streaming platforms like uh, social media platforms, I should say, um, and it works for both Mac and PC. So that that's really nice. Um, Abel and I have been using OBS for a very, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic, pretty much. Um, I didn't even touch OBS before that. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. <laughs> or any of these programs, for that matter. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's right. Um, even like some of this audio recording softwares and things that we use now literally every day to do what we do, um, they were pretty uh, foreign to us uh, before the pandemic. Okay, so we just talked a lot about live streaming. It might have been an earful, but, uh, you know, we're also trying to look for some topics that might be interesting to people. And again, if you want to know or we want to learn something about live streaming, we could either uh, talk about it or we can find someone that's also, um, you know, also in the world of live streaming and be able to pick their brains for you. Um, so definitely give us, uh, you know, a shout. Um, you can do that via, well, you can do it easiest via Facebook. <laughs> Just, you know, go to our page and send us a message. Um, or you could go to our website, uh, com. Or you can send us an email, yarbirdentertainment at gmail.com. That's all one word um, in order to, yeah, just, you know, 
ask any questions, give us feedback. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we, like uh, we said before, we really think, we really hope that this uh, really comes uh, with a lot of value to you listeners out there that are, are trying to just uh, really just uh, um, get some more insight on how to do some of these things like live streaming or how to even register an LLC like we touched in one of our first episodes of Jazz Biz 101. Uh, now you don't have to worry about driving and listening to us, you know, before it was on YouTube. Now you can drive and listen to us. Uh, you, I, we know uh, we have lovely voices. So, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, the audience clearly knows that. Exactly. Uh-huh. So, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's been wonderful uh, doing this uh, for this episode. And hopefully you can check out some of the upcoming ones. We have some really exciting uh, ideas and, and uh, people that we want to bring on and topics. Um, like we said, again, just send us some topics to all the, all the different contacts that Peter mentioned. And we will definitely consider it as a topic for one of our podcasts. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media handles. Um, most of them are Yarbrough Entertainment. Um, and what else? What else do we do for outros? I don't know. But anyway, I guess that's a, have everyone have a good you know week. We'll try to get these out on a weekly basis. Um, Monday sound good? I guess Monday's okay. Uh, We're going to sign off and see you guys next week. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our very first episode of Jazz Biz 101. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to us on all the podcasting platforms and to share it with your friends. Okay, see you all. 